Back here on The Word with G on ESPN 105.1 The Zone. Thanks for being with us here on a Monday edition of the program. It's time for us to turn our attention to softball. As joining us now, as he does every single Monday throughout the regular season and now the postseason. And now that the season has officially ended, it's our final Mox Monday as Frank Reed, head softball coach of the UTC Mox, joins us here for one more time on this, on the airwaves of ESPN 105.1. Coach, first and foremost, thanks so much for giving us the time every single Monday and uh, getting a chance to dive into your program with you on a weekly basis. It's been a lot of fun. It has been fun, and I appreciate everybody taking the time out of their busy schedules to, to tune in and listen to us. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of comments about uh, people telling me that they really enjoyed that uh, time to, you know, to sort of see an inside view of what we were doing and, and how we were going about, you know, preparing for certain players for certain games and plays. And so uh, it's, it's, it has been fun. Hopefully we will be able to do this again in the future. Absolutely. Looking forward to it next year. And um, this season, I know it was a difficult one for you guys, losing a lot of seniors and veteran leadership from, from twenty nine or 2020, I should say, with a lot of girls not coming back, as we've detailed already. Uh, you guys go into the conference tournament. You you get an opportunity to defend your title, which you know you told me off the air. That's that was one of the goals that you guys had. Hey, look, we want to get to the conference tournament, and then we see what happened happens. And then you guys had number four, excuse me, number two, Western Carolina in game one. Talk to me a little bit about what happened in that game. I saw Brooke Parrott got the start and let up a couple of runs early, and then a couple of more in the third. And then Hannah Wood came in, and she was solid in relief. But then you know, if you can't really score and you only get two hits, you're not going to win a lot of ball games like that. Well, and you're right. Uh, you know, we uh, we didn't adjust to the rise ball early in. You know, it took us a few minutes to try to get there, and then uh, by the time we started, you know, maybe making a few things happen, you know, it was sort of late. But uh, um, Brooke, you know, struggled a little bit early. Hannah didn't. You know, probably we were trying to go with what we thought. You know, between those two, one's been hot, one's been you know our hot one for the week or a hot one going into a game. And we, we looked at uh, how we were going to approach that game. And we thought, well, you know, we had the combination of Brooke, Hannah, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, probably should have went the other way with Hannah. Hannah kept them off guard. They, uh, Brooke struggled a little bit with her location of her pitches. And uh, I think Hannah actually matched up. And you don't know this until you get into the game, but nope. she matched up really well with the umpire and what he was calling. And um, uh, so when she was able to give some shutout innings, it just uh, – Unfortunately, that you know we were they were able to score early, and then and it's sort of been our Achilles' heel too that we've given up runs early and tried to fight back. And we've always, and a lot of times we've been able to do that. Uh, I think uh, you know we weren't we weren't in you know we probably you know should have reversed, but you just some sometimes you never know that until you've actually actually been through it. Like I always say, hindsight's twenty twenty. So, um, but you know, I'm I'm really proud of the way we played. I mean. You know, uh, sometimes wins are not measured by just wins on the board, uh, uh, and I think uh, if you looked, uh, uh, you know, through our season and some of the things that we were able to accomplish with these kids, uh, you know, I think it's, it was definitely a winning season for us in that respect. And then we look forward to, you know, things to come with with Lady Mark softball. I'm, I'm excited about the future and excited about the program and excited about, uh, you know, the things that we're going to be hopefully be able to do moving forward. But uh, uh, you know, sad side is you know you lose uh, you lose some of the kids that you know the seniors leaving the program and that types of things. But uh, you know that happens every year. I've done that. I saw that side for twenty years, and it's never fun. Mm-hmm. 
uh, when you see those athletes that have worked so hard and get to their, you know, the 11th hour of their career and they, you know, realize that, you know, this is it because most of them don't go on to play, you know, professional softball and there's not very many opportunities there anyway. So, uh, yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a, a sad moment. And also, it's a, it's a, a good moment where, you know, we know the, the future, so I think, is in good shape. You mentioned, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier, and we talked a little bit about it off the air as well, is the rise ball. And, and you made the comment that it's, you know, you guys just didn't adjust well to the rise ball. What kind of adjustments, How? Or I guess I should ask, how do you hit a rise ball? Like, what is the strategy when you're going against somebody who throws a rise ball? And you mentioned you were watching, you know, a couple of really big, you know, power five conference teams go at it and, one girl, I believe you said for Alabama, was throwing a lot of rise balls, and the opposing team was having trouble with that. So it's not just you guys; it's everybody in softball. When you talk to your girls about adjusting to a rise ball or hitting a rise ball, what is the strategy that you implore to them in terms of dealing with a rise ball? Well, some people teach; they want you to be able to teach to hit the rise ball, and uh, to you know, look for an up pitch. They'll set tees up high, and you'll work on that. We don't teach that. I don't believe that. That's a good philosophy as far as trying to to beat the rise ball pitch. And one of the reasons I don't believe that in that is because of uh, normally what you see umpires call. You know, they say that the bottom of the letters are the uh, strike zone to the tops of the knees. And, you know, that's the area that the pitcher can throw in and they can call a strike. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll get that up pitch call strike every, you know, every so often. But I've found more often or not that that strike pitch is just maybe a little bit above the belt, uh, just a tad. And then the knees probably you probably incorporate that in. So we teach on looking down for the pitch, trying to stay on top. So if you you know if you're set up for in the box, you're ready to hit that pitch. You're you're looking to hit the top of the ball number one. Mm -hmm. And obviously, if it's a rise ball, you know you're not going to be able to get up on top of it. Uh, you know, try to keep it down. Um, and then um, so uh, can you? And, and and if you feel movement, if you feel that your eyes or hands are having to adjust. In upward movement, your head coming up to see that pitch, or your hands are coming up to hit that pitch. That's the pitch we want to let go. And I tell our kids, if you you get you let that pitch go, and they call it a strike, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. So because normally what will happen with a rise ball pitcher, if if you're laying off their pitches and they're not getting the call, then they'll bring it down. They'll bring it down. Mm -hmm. We have what we have what we call a low rise, a high rise. A low rise starts out low, it looks maybe like it's not going to be a good pitch, and it rises up into the zone. And, uh, you know, and they, and they get those call strikes. So, you know, I don't, uh, you know, it's crazy what, you know, some of those softball pitchers can do. Like, I did see that the other day when, you know, Alabama was playing Florida and they had, Florida was having a tough time laying off the rise ball. And so, uh, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter how good a hitter you are. Uh, you know, sometimes you fall into that trap. Sometimes, you know, you do a good job. It doesn't take much. It's like if they know that, uh, if they know your team uh, is still a lot of bases and your catcher throws them out a couple times, they'll quit doing it. Same thing with a rise ball or a change-up. We talk about that. If they get you locked down on you know, their charts, their scouting reports, and they say it's susceptible to a rise ball, susceptible to a change-up, you're going to see those pitches. And yeah. I tell our kids, the way to get off that list, the way to get off that scouting report is to hit a few of those, and they'll take you off, and the next scouting report won't have the, you know, identify you as a sucker for a rise ball or a sucker for a change-up or whatever. It's funny, you know. It's funny when they do it, and they see it happen, and they and they're, they're successful with it a couple of times, and then they don't get to see as many of them, and they wonder why. And I tell them it's because it came off the scouting report because you were able to put them into play. So it's a tough pitch to hit, 
especially you know you throw the you throw the low rise, you know, and it's a uh, you know looks maybe looks doesn't look it looks pretty good. It's coming in the zone and it rises just out of the zone, yep. out above your hands. And so you've got to make the determination between that pitch and then the pitch that may be a little bit higher, just a tad higher. And if it's it's completely out of the zone, and you know, a lot of times what you do, you're going to completely miss that pitch. Or you're going to get under it and pop it up, and obviously that's not what you want to do, especially if you've got runners in scoring position. And you want to, you know, try to move a runner with a ground ball or something in the gap. You know, you obviously pop up's not going to make that happen. So, uh, you know, we teach Daddy for trying to make something happen and trying to put the ball into play in the gaps or down the, you know, through the infield to the five-six hole or whatever. Try to stay on top of the softball and hit. It. And uh, some days you're more successful at it, and, and a lot of comes into play is the someday the pitchers rise balls are just working a little bit better than they normally would. Mm-hmm. And that was the case in Western Carolina. Uh, we knew that pitcher was a rise ball pitcher and we did a pretty good job. I think we run rolled them here at home and we did a pretty good job of laying off the rise ball. Uh, and so I put the ball in play and, uh, you know, that day just, uh, you know, we felt a little bit more susceptible to, to the pitch and, and, uh, obviously it came back to bite us, but, uh, it's a constant battle as a hitter. I mean, that's the reason I say this baseball, softball, and, and I'm, I'll go as far as to say softball because of the the rise ball itself, and then all the other different pitches that you you don't see. Everything's coming down to you mostly in baseball. Yeah, you know where you can get the down pitch in softball with a drop ball. You also get that pitch. It's just a tough thing to do, and mm-hmm. you know some days you some days you're more successful than others, and that's the reason you're a 300 hitter and you're an All American. Because you know you've been able to do that, and you're failing seven times out of ten. So a lot, a lot of sports are built around failure, and you know, and that's the hard part for what we do is because you got to keep that mentality up. You know, hey, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get a hit this time, but we we, we judge our hitters not so much uh, uh, getting a hit, but a quality at bat, fouling yeah. a few off, taking taking the count deep. Uh, those are things that are also all quality at bats, which will get you another at bat and another at bat. So. Uh, uh, it's a, it's it's not an exact science. You got to work every day at it. You know, we, we had hundreds and hundreds of softballs in the cages in practice just to get that one big hit in the gap to <laughs> score the winning run for the championship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, Frank Reed, our guest here on a Mox Monday, talking UTC softball. I think that's a great point that you bring up. Before I ask you quickly about that Mercer game, was and that's something that I always teach to the baseball players that I that I coach and I work with is. Worry less about your at bat or your your batting average. If you only worry about your batting average and you only worrying about getting worry about getting a hit, you're going to destroy yourself. If you worry about going up there and hitting the ball hard and don't worry about because you could hit the ball on the nose and that's the that's the beauty and the curse of baseball and softball is you can hit the ball on the nose and it can go right to a fielder and you can you can get out and you're not you don't get you know your batting average goes down and then you can. You know, be way off balance. You can bloop one over the first baseman's head, and it can go for a double. And you didn't, you didn't hit the ball well at all, and your batting average goes up. So it's the it's the mental gymnastics of the game of softball and baseball that all the players have to deal with. So I think that's a great point. Worry about the quality of the at bat instead of the batting average. Uh, let me ask you quickly about the Mercer game. That one was was a, a bit of a battle. They got up on you guys 2 nothing. Then in the third inning, it must have been great to see your team answer back with two runs to tie the game and then played scoreless until the sixth. And then, unfortunately, it seemed like uh, there were some miscues in the field and, and that led to some unearned runs for you guys. Yeah, we've seen it happen You know, during the year. You know, you make an error and it followed by another error. Yeah. Uh, you know, you walk somebody and you make an error and then that you know, scores a run. And, uh, 
uh, you know, we've had that happen, and you know, sometimes we've been able to to, to dig back through that. Uh, you know, we that wasn't the case in this particular this particular game, and I was really disappointed because I felt like, you know, even though we didn't do oh, the job we wanted to in the first game, you know, we did a good, pretty good job at Mercer. We could have won that game and got back in an opportunity to play on on Friday. Uh, you know, and um, like I said, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, we can look at all those things, but uh, um, you know, you 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 have to. I guess you have to have situations like that happen to learn from them, so you go back and you work on those things so that they don't happen again. Uh, you know, do we, you know? There's another five hundred ground balls make the difference. Do, you know, there's another uh, you know hundred hitting hundred more balls in the cage make the difference. It probably does, but you know, it's such a small advantage to you know to to get to that point so we just keep working keep working and hopefully hopefully things will get together you know you hear a lot of people talk about you know get have a lucky day uh and people you know i don't know how you describe or define luck but you know the ball that falls in it probably shouldn't have the ball that got through the five six hole that you know it probably shouldn't have uh the ball that bloops in like you said earlier that maybe shouldn't mm-hmm. have uh you, you have your you have your moments where you have those days I honestly believe, and I don't know, I'm just not uh, feeling it today, but I, this is probably, as far as luck, I don't think this team, everything we got, we pretty much earned. I think there was one or two games I can recall. Oh, man, we got a break there. That ball mm-hmm. fell in, or we got that luck. We, we've we hit so many balls at people, line drives hard at people, and, yeah. you know, and uh, they get caught, or, uh, you know, uh, Liz, for instance, Liz hit one the other day just off the top of the fence mm. there, you know, at the, the tournament. If that goes over, uh, you know, what what does that do to our momentum? Yeah. What does that, how does that change? And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, we're going to, uh, you know, I'm asking, I'm asking uh, Santa, Santa for Christmas to bring me a bag <laughs> of luck and we're going to distribute it out, you know, when we get here in August and uh, give those out to the kids. So maybe we'll get our share back for the next year. No doubt about it. Again, Coach Reed, our guest talking mock softball here on the Word with G. When you think about this season, when you when you have a moment to kind of reflect back on this twenty twenty one season, what are a couple of things that are going to stand out to you the most? Uh, to see the kids grow. I mean, I think uh, that was huge uh, to see the freshman class grow, playing players where you know we ask them to step in and fill roles and do things that, and to see them embrace those. Uh, and uh, see the gratification they got on uh, on doing that. Uh, seeing a, a, a pitcher that didn't have a ton of innings coming into this year get more innings and be successful. Uh, seeing that hitter that's worked really hard in the cage. Just a, a, a number of things that come into play, and and the fact that uh, this team never never was a team that I never seen them get down in the dugout. They were always picking each other up and cheering and and trying to. Of course, cheering—that's what softball does. But trying to get back into the game, just the you know seeing a maybe more of a uh, as we struggled or as we tried to get better, a more love for the game and and and, and you know pushing your fellow teammate to to get better. I think those are the things that you want to instill, and you know, I think we sort of embrace that more so than maybe in the past when we've been more successful and it came a little easier. And so, uh, just learning how to to do that, and now maybe taking that and incorporating that into uh, a new group coming in, and just see how all that's going to play out. 
What does the offseason entail for you? How does it all kind of shake out? Where do you go from here? The season does just finish. Do you take some time away? Do you get right back into the recruiting? Like, what does this offseason kind of look and feel like for you and the rest of the program? Well, we checked out on Sunday, you know, got everybody in uh, Saturday, you know, returning equipment, things checked out on Sunday, sort of getting everybody sort of situated, getting them with, uh, getting them out with, uh, you know, stuff that we needed them to do in the weight room and uh, stuff they needed to be doing, uh, you know, out on the field, you know, give them a little time off and then get them right, right back in. I personally went off this morning, we're looking at new scholarships and things like that to uh, to get everything straight for the, the fall. Uh Re, you know, just touching base with our 21 class that'll be coming in. Uh, we'll be able, we'll be able to go back out here in June uh, to start, re, you know, recruiting for the first time in uh, many months because of <laughs> you know the pandemic. So, yeah. you know, our first our first thing on the list, I think, for that is uh, is being able to uh, uh, see those 21 kids that we hadn't been able to see in a long time. Making sure we we take care of them. Those kids are already signed and follow up with our 22s. You know, we're, we got an indoor facility that, you know, there's some things that, you know, some projects that we want to get done here and uh, some projects that we want to get done, you know, to get everything. So when everybody steps into, you know, in August, uh, I think 16th, I think it is, that we've got everything in place to, you know, to, to jump right in and get back to work. Uh, you know, we'll have some kids, local local kids or close kids around. They'll be coming in and out, you know, doing some stuff, you know, over the course of the summer. Uh, but mainly just... Uh, Looking at a lot of stuff that goes on in the office and, and preparing to recruiting schedules and seeing where we need to be to see the players that we want to see. First off, we we got to take care of our twenty ones. Uh, we mm-hmm. haven't seen them in so long. Yeah. We've kept you know, we communicate with them, you know, just to see them on the field. And uh, you know, we're excited about doing that. They're excited about getting here. So we'll we'll have a busy summer. It's always busy. You know, we just transition from a different type of busyness than we do. I think I always say the season part is the easiest part because basically we try to get there to practice and play. You know, yeah. That's what we do. So a lot of the other stuff that goes into that, you know, we we, we don't have to do that until, you know, June, July, and then a little bit in August. Frank Reed hanging with us here on The Word with G. One more for you, Coach. As you're talking, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about the summer to come, and I remember when I played college baseball, the big thing was – Hey, look, where are you going to play this summer? You know, are you going to, are we sending you away? I got sent to Iowa one summer to play. I know people get sent to Alaska and Cape Cod and all these other leagues around the country to play baseball. What is it like for softball? I, I don't know if I even know this, that, you know, do you send girls to go play in different leagues? Are there different leagues for girls to play in the su- on during the summertime? And what does it look like for your girls that are going to be coming back and, and playing again uh, on the team this, this next season uh, summer-wise? Do you have them go play in leagues or what do they do? There's there's opportunities out there for them to do that, uh, not as much as probably in baseball. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the tw- the class is just coming in. They'll be with their club teams, mm-hmm. so they'll be playing all summer. So they'll come in, but you know, have a lot of reps under you know in, in place. But with our kids, a lot of times you know they'll get some opportunities. Maybe to there's a Florida league that they can go and play in. But I, I, maybe I'm a, a little old school, but I think sometimes a little time off is. And just working out with in strength and conditioning, working out, taking some extra swings, you know, uh, uh, in the batting cages, and just sort of defining your game a little bit, defining what maybe makes you good, and also what you need to work on. So I encourage our kids that are already here and coming back to take some time off, 
uh, you know, enjoy their family uh, and and do some things that you know they've been looking to do because you know when they show back up in August, it's nonstop. You know, they don't get a break, and uh, so uh, but some of them will try to play. It won't mm-hmm. be as intense as obviously uh, as obviously as it is in the year, but you know they can pick up with some teams and play in some summer leagues and things like that, which are basically a month or so of playing time, but doesn't give them a whole lot of time to do that because uh, because of the calendar. Well, we're out of school now. You know, July sixteenth, we're back in school. What a couple of months and a half. Uh, so uh, it really gives them. I, I really like for them to find their game uh, a little bit more. You know, if they're struggling with this pitch or that pitch, or they, you know, need to work on you know defensive stuff, uh, get their arms stronger, those types of things. You know, we feel like we get as much benefit out of that as we do uh, is if they go out and just you know just go back through the routine of uh, of playing every day. Frank Reed, head coach of the UTC Mock Softball Program. Coach, as I started the conversation, I'll finish it the same way in the same sentiment. Thank you so much for giving us the time every single Monday to come on the show and talk about your team and, and to kind of get a behind-the-scenes look. And you know, I know you guys haven't really done a whole lot of this on, on local radio and things like that, so I'm glad that we were able to come in here and give you the platform to talk about your girls and to let the community and the listeners know a little bit more about your team and you in general and it's just been a really great conversation every Monday. I look forward to it all the time, and uh, I can't wait to do it again with you uh, next season. Uh, you guys, you guys are awesome, and uh, having all the comments, uh, you know, about people have followed, uh, you know, through the weeks. Uh, you know, we're going to miss you, but hopefully, you know, we'll be able to get back, uh, you know, next year. But uh, you know, it's definitely increased our our base of fans, and people will be able to keep up our the fans that we already have, and they're keeping up with the everyday things that are going on. In the softball, we love you guys and love those fans, and uh, you know we, we we can't wait to get back out on the field as soon as possible. Hey, no doubt about it. Maybe we'll check in with you in the uh, in the fall and see where you guys are at, and, and talk a little bit, get a little update for the fans and the listeners uh, come September or October or whatever it may be. Sounds great. Sounds all right, great. Coach. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Have a great rest of the week. All right. All right. Uh, thank you. No problem. There he goes, Frank Reed, right here on the Word with 